Dateline, 28th of April, 2013, and it's almost May. Is it already? Well, how are you, folks? We better get the Ozdesk for episode 246 out of the way before that happens then, Grant. I think that'd be a good one, mate. Now, Grant, uh, listening to this song I've got playing in the background here reminds me of uh, Rob Mark's love of United Airlines. And uh, not only are they killing people's guitars, it seems, well, now they're coming to Melbourne and killing our aero bridges. What's going on? Ah, mate, I think this is war. Apparently, a United Airlines 747-400 didn't quite taxi into the bay correctly and uh, collided with an aero bridge, putting a 40-centimetre hole in its uh, port wing. Yes, interesting. United Flight 839, which is a very regular service here into Melbourne, uh, um, yeah, had this incident uh, just as we uh, put the last Ausdesk to air, as a matter of fact. And uh, United Airlines, uh, well, that would have uh, posed quite some logistical problems for them because, uh, you know, as Grant often points out, this is an end-of-the-world destination. So uh, for an airliner like that to be out of position like that and uh, not usable, I can imagine uh, that would have had people at United scrambling to find another way to accommodate their passengers heading back across to the US. That aircraft turns around reasonably quickly normally and heads to, I believe, Sydney and then back to Los Angeles. That's correct. It does Los Angeles, Sydney, Melbourne, Melbourne, Sydney, Los Angeles, and uh, it's a pretty busy flight, very popular for United. It's normally got quite a number of people on it. I'm sure there would have been people around who could repair it, mate, but uh, definitely an embarrassing situation for all on board. Uh, The investigation is proceeding. Was the air bridge too low? Did the aircraft go too far forward? Was it out of position? All those wonderful things. And yes, United breaks its own planes now. There you go. And, uh, you know, for the airplane geeks amongst us, everybody knows I like to uh, go through all these interesting stats. This was aircraft registration November 1199UA. Uh, that aircraft is uh, 14 years old. So not that that has any bearing on it, but I always find these things interesting. Not a major incident, but, uh, you know, it certainly did make the news here in Melbourne. And, uh, you know, let's hope it wasn't anything too major that caused that. Yeah, well, if looking at the photos here, it's on the leading edge of the wing where the uh, fairing of the wing into the body. So there's quite a bit of equipment in that area. Uh, It has definitely taken out the cover of one of the landing lights in the wing there and punctured the metal. So yeah, it caused a bit of damage and a bit of chaos. Uh, Passengers were kept on for about almost an hour before they deplaned via stairs and a bit of major embarrassment for all and sundry. So we'll keep you posted on what comes out of that one. Now, Grant, uh, how many months now have we been talking about Virgin Australia? Uh, attempts to uh, buy a major stake in Tiger Airways. It's been a long time and uh, they've been waiting on the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission to uh, give the go-ahead for that and they've been taking their sweet time about it, mate. But big news this week, it's all go. That's right, mate. They've had a lot on their plate at the ACCC, what with uh, Qantas and Emirates and uh, various other operations going on, but they've also wanted to do a very uh, in-depth look at what's going on in the Australian aviation market. For a while there, they were concerned that it would create a duopoly situation with Qantas in one one corner and Virgin in the other. Of course, Qantas plus Jetstar, Virgin plus Tiger. But then they had to consider the statements that if this deal didn't go ahead, then Tiger Airways, the HQ in Singapore, were going to shut down Tiger Airways Australia and there would be no one. So it would be Jetstar and Qantas versus just Virgin. So they decided that it was in the best interests of competition and consumers and the market if they allowed Virgin to buy 60%. So finally it's gone through. As you said, it's all gone ahead and uh, 
uh, at about the same time, just to make things even more interesting, within a day of that go-ahead, Singapore Airlines turned around and doubled their stake in Virgin Australia by buying a chunk of shares from Richard Branson's shareholding, taking them up to 19.9%. So uh, and some more money coming into Virgin. So it's almost like Singapore put money into Virgin to then go and put money into Tiger. It's certainly interesting uh, when you're buying out shares. I mean, Virgin Airways shares are actually not that expensive. They're usually only around 45 to 50 cents a share. So, um, you know, I guess for, for a big cashed up investor like Singapore Airlines, it's a, it's a pretty good deal for them. And obviously it is. And Virgin, of course, uh, taking a stake in uh, Sky West, as we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, they're, they're really making inroads here into the Australian market in a big way now. And, uh, you know, if I was uh, Qantas, I really need to keep an eye on these guys. Oh, they definitely are because remember Qantas have always talked about their line in the sand of 65% and Virgin's actually outright purchased SkyWest. They haven't just bought a a, a controlling share as they did with Tiger. They own it now. And as witnessed by aircraft coming out in the uh, Virgin livery, such as the Fokker 50 that's just been rolled out to join the ATRs and other aircraft, such as uh, other similar aircraft in the uh, Virgin livery. So it's it's all go in the Virgin area. It's uh, getting very interesting. Interesting. Borghetti, of course, was present when Jetstar was started up. So he'll have some uh, fair idea of what works and what doesn't in the low-cost carrier market. Unlike Jetstar, they're not going to be distracted by international flights. They're going to focus solely on domestic. And they're actually going to be able to get the utilization out of their A320s that they haven't been for uh, the better part of this financial year. It wasn't until just recently that they were allowed to increase their number of uh, routes and sectors being operated uh, after they were grounded. Of course, they had restrictions on how many flights, how many sectors they were allowed to operate. So those A320s were not being used at full utilization. Um, now, just recently, with the uh, permissions to go all out again and with Virgin coming on, you know they're going to be working those A320s to the maximum capacity. And with full seating of about 180 people per aircraft, and that, uh, as, as our friend Ben Sandilands likes to say, knee bone breaking configuration of seat pitch, you know that they're going to be working it as best they can and uh, doing something that Virgin hasn't done since it started, which is trying to bring people into the air who don't normally fly with uh, discounted fares. Tiger Airways at the moment have only got about 10 or maybe 12, I'm not sure, of those uh, of those A320s that you talk about there, Grant. Uh, at the time that Virgin made that announcement, which was uh, around about last September, October, that sort of time, they made a statement at that time that they intended to bring Tiger's fleet up to 35 aircraft by the end of 2018. So if they still intend to go ahead with that, then that's a real signal to the market there that they're, they're really serious about uh, doing this. And of course, I will also mention that, uh, as always, when I talk about Tiger Airways, I certainly <laughs> hope that they do do something about their customer service side of things because the way they run that airline, uh, at least in my experience, is not great in those terms. But uh, learning as much as they can from Ryanair, no doubt. But then again, look how successful Ryanair is. So what would I know? Yeah, Ryanair has made a great success out of abusing its passengers and they keep coming back because the big thing about Ryanair is that they fly to places that no one else goes. So instead of taking two or three hops to get somewhere, you can do it in one short, torturous, it's going to be a packed in bus flight. But you know that with Ryan, you know that you're going to have a painful process. You know they're going to nickel and dime you for everything they can but you're going to save hours and hours of your time. And for a lot of people, that's worth money. 
Now, whether Tiger goes into alternate routes or whether they do like they have been focusing on the Golden Triangle and uh, offering very, very discounted flights to not just uh, Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane, but also to the Gold Coast and Coffs Harbour and various other locations that uh, a lot of people want to go on their holidays, which is the classic market for the discount routes. Yeah, you know, I can't see them wanting to go to some of the regional areas that just wouldn't make any economic sense, not with A320s. But yeah, I think the key to success for an airline like Tiger is to concentrate on the high capacity market here and uh, just try and scoop up that market that uh, perhaps would have travelled by train or by bus. I know budget airlines have been uh, devastating to the express bus market uh, when they first came in 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's why. If you, if you, why would you pay 50 or 60 or $70 to, to hop on an aircraft and be in Sydney, say, from Melbourne within the hour? Well, why would you want to pay that much and sit on a train for 12 hours? I know I wouldn't. In <laughs> fact, Grant, I never sit on a train unless somebody's paying me to be in it. Well, there is always that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, of course, one point that I would make there, Grant, and I think um, in more recent times, the uh, Melbourne or Sydney to Adelaide uh, sort of route would be a good example of this, where uh, once Tiger dropped out of that market when they were granted, the prices on those routes went up. And they went up considerably. Now, all of a sudden, you get that extra capacity back on those routes and wow, bang, back down go the prices, not only from Tiger Airways, but from all the other carriers as well. So, you know, as we always say, um, competition, uh, even if it is from Tiger Airways, is a good thing. Yeah, so long as the airlines don't decide, okay, Tiger's on this route, I'll bleed a little on this route and make it up somewhere else just to try and force them off it, which we've seen a number of times, especially when they deregulated the airlines here and the first startups tried to break in against the uh, established duopoly and the duopoly just decided to slash fares, lose a bit of money, have the other airline disappear because it couldn't survive anymore. And then as soon as it was gone, as you noted, up go the fares. So we'll see what happens here. I think with Virgin behind Tiger, it's going to make the domestic aviation world very interesting in Australia. Well, that's everything we have for you on this week's Australia Desk. Grant, uh, I note with interest that Mary Kirby is on the show this week. Do you reckon Rob Mark is behaving himself? Oh, only if he doesn't get the man flu. We should tell listeners that we actually sent uh, quite a few links this week to our American brothers to tell them all about man flu and what it's about. And of course, uh, that might be an Australian expression. Well, it must be something to do with our colonial links because straight away, Peter Johnson understood it. And uh, I I knew that that he would. It's a, it's a British Australian thing, and uh, yeah, everyone knows the man flu. It's uh, it's like a normal sniffle, but suddenly it becomes the end of the world. But not to worry. I mean, yes, Kit has put up with me having the man flu. It's all very well and good. She's fine with it. As after all, she is doing community service. Otherwise, she wouldn't be going out with me in the first place, would she? Uh, she's a very very tolerant and brave woman, Kit. I tell you, she totally is. <laughs> she's a superstar. That's everything we have for you on this week's <laughs> Australia Desk. As I get Grant into lots more trouble with his fiance we'll be back next week well at least i will be that that much i know until then i'm steve visher and i could be the beaten up grant mccarran (laughs) you can bet on that pal oh thanks she's a saint i love her she's wonderful she puts up with all my crap